Did you hear the Biden administration declare war on U.S. farmers and farm confiscations aren't off the table? It makes you wonder, is the Antichrist in the United States? What about world government? Just wait until you hear what Irvin Baxter prophesied many years ago while explaining how to overcome the government overreach we see taking place. All of this and more today on The End Time Show. Welcome to the End Time Show, Vince Stegall here. So happy you've joined us, as you all know, Dave and Doug and their wives and a number of team members from End Time uh, are in Israel with our group and we're so happy for them uh, as they travel through Israel. Um, I was gonna have my family on today, kind of a family Friday, but unfortunately they spent all night sick and were unable to join me for this first segment. So uh, I did, though, my, my sons actually play the end time show every day, as in um, my sons will be Doug and I. And so they'll um, say, welcome to the end time show and do all this stuff. So at minimum, they're watching right now. So I, I guess I should say uh, hi, Brady and Shiloh. And of course, Rosie is, is only one and uh, she's not really knowing what's going on, but she knows who I am. So that's good. But I wanted to show you guys a clip of my oldest son uh, playing the end time show. David, then they sell with the Father. What label you given yourself? You are essential. You still matter. This is a journey place, and when we go on the other side, that's where we're going. So that's where it's a process. Say, be, 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 there he is with his uh, wooden laptop there. So as you can see, we have a good time and he loves the end time show. So uh, thankful for them and, and maybe I'll be able to get him back on next week if they're feeling up to it. But I do want to get right into the show today. Uh, the Netherlands has been regarded as testing ground for the World Economics Forum anti-farming agenda. So we're talking a little bit about world government and the farmland happening. Last summer, the Dutch government implemented initiatives to seize farmland and their proposal to confiscate and close down numerous Dutch farms to comply with the objectives outlined in the global climate agenda has received support from the EU. So let's look at what Ava Vardingenbroek about the farm confiscation. Let's look at what she said last summer. Following an agenda called the 2030 Agenda, these are these are restrictions and, and climate regulations that are that are imposed all over the world. So we're being hit hardest right now, and we might be the first ones. But it's very important for other people to know that they could be coming to you next. And what do you think Americans can take away from what's happening in the Netherlands? Well. I from a Dutch perspective, I would say that Americans should be very happy that they have a Second Amendment and that you should protect that with all your all your strength. Ava Vlardingerbrook, thank you so much. Thank you. Now, this would never happen in the United States, right? Well, wrong. Look at this tweet. Uh, John Kerry has now declared war on U.S. farmers. We've got a tweet there we're trying to pull up to show you. There it is. He says that small farms are significant amenities of nitrogen, and he is pushing for the U.S. federal government to crack down on farming in America 
to combat global warming, so we're doing all this in the name of global warming, Kerry insists that the U.S. must massively reduce farming to meet the radical green agenda goals laid out by the World Economic Forum and the United Nations. That's happening right here in the U.S. As a small farmer, I take personal offense to this, but it doesn't stop there. Have you heard the latest on the FBI whistleblower? Uh, the, the FBI whistleblower just admitted to Congressman Matt Gates yesterday that the Washington field office wouldn't turn over video of Jan 6 to Boston because they had undercover officers inside taking part in the insurrection. Let's take a look for yourself. He too said, happy to do it. Show us where they were inside the Capitol and we'll look into it to which WFO said, we can't show you those videos unless you can tell us the exact time and place those individuals were inside the Capitol, to which the SSA responded back. And I was privy to these conversations firsthand. Why can't you show us, why can't you just send us, give us access to the 11,000 hours of video that's available? Because there may be, may be, UCs, undercover officers, or CHSs, confidential human, for, confidential human sources, on those videos whose identity we need to protect. He too said, happy to do it. Show us where they were inside the Capitol. Hmm. There may be undercover officers or confidential human, source, uh, human resources on those videos whose identities we need to protect. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Anyone else seeing the big government play happening here? Now, given the January 6th troubles, of course, Donald Trump chimed in, posting on Truth Social, and he said, very sad watching what took place today in Congress regarding whistleblowers and the FBI. There has never been a time like this in our country, the complete weaponization of justice. I am a victim also, but the real victim is the United States of America. Do you want to hear more about the government control actively happening in the Biden State Department? Check out what they implemented for their government email account. Within the last hour and a half, two hours, the State Department's internal email system, and I've tested this, so okay. I know that it's true, has added pronouns to people's, uh, not their signature, but to their uh, where, where you know where it says from. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it will say him, he, his, or her. You know. Yeah. She, hers. Um, <clears throat> why? Uh, this is not an optional thing. This is something that has been just ar arbitrarily imposed. And I, you know, understand that people could have their pronouns attached if they wanted them to a signature before. But this is not something that anyone has a choice about. And so I'm just wondering why and who who made this decision well matt i um have not seen this uh phenomenon for myself okay, well, i have uh, and i'll show it to you and is it just so let me to ask you a question is it just for uh internal state department uh, obviously not because out? i tested it so when, i got, I got an you email send from an someone email? in this building and 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 whereas before it did not have any of these pronouns attached to the uh sender's name it now does the problem is is that a lot of them or at least some of them so far as far as i been able to tell are wrong. They're giving the wrong 
pronoun. I again. So men not, are being identified as women and women as I've, men, and this has nothing to do with whatever transgender or not any, seen, any anything like that. What, but, but it's ridiculous. This this phenomenon has not made its way to my outlook, but I, I will. Well, I'm happy to check I've on this for you. About it, so uh, can you broadly can, though, can you Matt. But broadly though, Matt. Of course, uh, the ability um, for individuals to. I don't have a problem to, with doing it, it, and the people want to have their okay. their whatever pronoun on attached to it is fine, but it should be a choice, right? Not not something that is the the, the, the State Department imposes on Th people, thank especially you, Matt. if. It's wrong. I will look into this. I'm not aware. Uh, thanks, everybody. Bye. Happy Thursday. So not only are they woke, but they're misgendering their own employees. I wonder how that'll impact their social credit score. I'm on the other side of the break. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again. He can't enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time understand how you fit in and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com slash future or call 800 intime That's 800-363-8463. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End Time Show's TV and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com slash events to see when Dave will be in a location near you. Welcome back to the End Time Show. Vince Stegall here. So glad you've joined us. We're talking about world government today and how has Biden uh, started war on farmers in the United States. And we're looking through a number of different world government scenarios that are actively happening in our country. We just got uh, off of a clip here where they've now implemented mandatory pronouns, at least according to that video, for uh, the State Department employees where where it would normally say your name. In my case, it would say Vince Stegall. If I work for the State Department, it would now say Vince Stegall, he, him. And so they've implemented that across the board for everyone at the time of that video. Now, I should note that several hours later, they came back after they uh, looked into it a little bit more and the State Department spokesperson said that this change was unintentional and that the Bureau is working to correct this immediately. Now, I don't know how familiar you are all you all are with 
IT and how they work, but typically a change like this is not unintentional. It takes a lot of work for them to implement such a change and they announce it and over communicate and over communicate and over communicate. So for him to act like he didn't know what was going on or for them to say it was unintentional uh, is odd. But if you thought they would be satisfied with taking farms or having undercover agents taking part in an insurrection or adding pronouns to employee email accounts, you are wrong. They also want to control social media, of course. So before we go any further, I'll take this time to say we get censored a lot here and they want to control who sees our videos. As you know, we have hundreds of thousands of followers on social media. Most of them do not get notified when we go live, so we need your help. Hit the share button. Make sure that you share this video every time that you see it. You can share it multiple times. You can share it in groups that you're in or on other pages or on your timeline. Please do that and make sure you also hit the heart icon um, instead of the thumbs up. The heart helps a little bit more for some reason. And then also interact, comment what you think. If you don't like what we're saying, if you don't like our outfit, whatever it is, engage with us. We would love for you to interact in the comment section. But above all else, please share this video. It helps us out a lot. So they also want to control social media. Like I said, Disclose TV tweeted this morning. Let's look at this. Legislation reintroduced would create a federal U.S. agency to enact enforceable behavioral codes and various other rules for digital platforms such as Twitter. If any of this has been a shock to you that we've covered so far, you don't want to miss the rest of the show. The Bible told us that this type of government overreach was coming, and it was coming just before the second coming of Jesus. We are already there and I can't wait to share with you what Irvin Baxter prophesied many years ago. We're going to play some clips of Irvin. Before we do that, I want to give you an update. As I said, Dave and Jana, Doug and Tina, several other team members, and our group uh, Within Time is on tour in Israel right now. And like we've been doing every day, Doug has sent us some photos and a video. So let's check out what's going on on the tour right now before we get into the clips from Irvin. There's Doug and Tina taking a selfie, which we needed. Eastern Gate of the Temple Mount and the Mount of Olives. Dave's teaching there. More of that. And the Garden of Gethsemane, a tree that would have been around when Jesus was praying there. The Tomb of Absalom, if you're listening on your radio, giving you some commentary along the way. Zachariah and Joseph Altman. Here they are singing in a cave. Which we only got a short clip of that because you might have felt like... Um, Maybe it was a Christmas movie, but it wasn't. They're, they're in Bethlehem on the Shepherd's Hill, and they're singing Silent Night. And so that's what they do every year, and uh, everyone typically enjoys that. So there's the update from tour. Now I want to get into um, our world government lesson from Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ. Irvin Baxter taught this several years ago. He actually finished the very last lesson about a month before he passed away, but one of the lessons was on world government. And here we are dealing with world government, government overreach, big brother control more than ever. It seemed, I mean, I just gave you several instances that have just happened in the last two days around our country alone. We didn't even get into what's going on in China or India or wherever else you want to go to. So you can imagine how wild things are. You know it very well. But all of this was foretold in the Bible thousands of years ago, 
and Irvin breaks that down in great detail. We're going to take a look at this revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ lesson. You can watch the whole series. There's 21 episodes. You can watch it all on demand on End Time Plus. Go to endtime.com slash rev. That's endtime.com slash rev. If you're a subscriber, it's totally free to you. 21 episodes worth. Irvin goes chapter to chapter in the book of Revelation and explains the entire book. So you want to check that out at endtime.com slash rev. If you're not a subscriber, you can sign up for a free trial and you can binge watch it all. I think it's a week long. Um, you could watch all 21 in seven days. It would take uh, some commitment on your part, but nonetheless, you could do it. Endtime.com slash rev is the link to go to to begin watching it. Let's check out this clip, the first clip on world government that Irvin delivered. We learn from Daniel chapter 7, the identity of the lion, Great Britain, the bear, Russia, the eagle, the United States, the leopard, Germany, and the ten-horned beast, a future ten-nation European alliance. This will enable us to understand the coming world government depicted in Revelation 13 verses 1 through 8. It is amazing that the symbols used in the book of Daniel, written around 550 B.C., were used again in the book of Revelation, written in about 95 A.D., some 650 years later. This was only possible because God was the author of both books. The passage using the symbols from Daniel is found in Revelation 13, verses 1 and 2. And I stood upon the sand of the sea, and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. In Daniel 7, the nations symbolized by these beasts were shown as separate nations. However, when we move from Daniel 7 to Revelation 13, the nations are no longer depicted as separate. They have now merged into one beast or one empire. Yet, almost all of the nations in Daniel 7 are included in the combo beast of Revelation 13. When I was attempting to understand the Revelation 13 prophecy back in 1968, it appeared that Great Britain, Russia, Germany, and the future Ten Nation Union were prophesied to merge into one empire. However, at the time, the world was in the heights of the Cold War. Great Britain and Germany were bitter enemies to Russia at that time, the Soviet Union. It seemed the prophesied world government could not possibly happen. While attempting to understand the Revelation 13 prophecy, I visited a local newsstand. My eyes fell on the cover of Life magazine, which featured a headline, Three and One Half Superpowers. The edition of the magazine was March 29, 1968. The article was written by George W. Ball, who was serving as Undersecretary of State of the United States at the time. Ball stated 
there were enough nuclear weapons in the world to destroy the entire world. He said that some kind of world order needed to be established to protect mankind from possible nuclear annihilation. Any one of our warheads, even the tiniest battlefield weapon, could, by breaking the nuclear taboo, trigger an escalation of violence that might effectively wipe out our civilization. At the time, four powers, the United States, the European Union, the Soviet Union, and Japan, controlled 80% of the world's wealth. Ball proposed that these four powers, Japan was his half power, could use their control of the world's wealth to prevent a nuclear war from becoming a reality. When I read Ball's article, I realized he was proposing a world governing structure very similar to what I saw prophesied in Revelation 13 for the latter days. Since that time, we have seen the formation of the international community through globalization and the formation of many other structures of global governance. So the question is, is this passage really prophesying world government? Revelation 13, 7 specifically states, And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. Notice that power was given to the world government and its ruler over all kindreds and tongues and nations. Daniel 7.23 also describes the coming world government. Thus he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. Again, the prophecy specifically says the world government and its ruler shall devour the whole earth. So is world government forming now? Since World War I, many world leaders have attempted to form some type of world government to save mankind from the possibility of a world ending war. At the end of World War I, U.S. President Woodrow Wilson championed the formation of a world governing structure called the League of Nations. When the U.S. Congress realized the League of Nations would infringe on American sovereignty, the lawmakers refused to ratify Wilson's plan. Consequently, the League of Nations was rejected before it could get off the ground. However, the idea of some sort of world government was not dead. After 52 million were killed in World War II and the nuclear bomb entered the world, the cry for the establishment of some kind of organization to prevent war became deafening. President Franklin D. Roosevelt led the drive to establish a system of global governance. When the war ended in 1945, the United Nations was formed. Again, the U.S. Congress saw the effort toward global governance as a threat to American sovereignty. In order to gain American acceptance of the UN, the founders made a critical compromise. 
they granted veto power to the United States over the decisions of the UN Security Council where the UN's power would reside. When the other victor nations of World War II realized the US was being given veto power, they demanded the same for themselves. Thus, the Big Five was established. The United States, Great Britain, France, the Soviet Union, which today is Russia, and China were granted veto power over the actions of the UN Security Council. This saved the UN from being rejected, but it also prevented the UN from becoming a true instrument of world government. With the exception of the Big Five, the rest of the nations in the world with no veto power entered world government in 1945. Since that time, there have been repeated efforts to eliminate the veto power of the Big Five so the United Nations could become a true world government. Until now, each of these efforts have been vetoed. However, the drive toward world government will ultimately succeed. As we have shown, it is prophesied in the Bible and the prophecies always come to pass. The Cold War delayed the world government. At the end of World War II, Stalin, Churchill, and Roosevelt met at Yalta to determine the shape of the post-war world. It was here that Stalin attempted to gain in peace what Hitler had failed to gain in war. The countries of Eastern Europe were placed under Stalin's control and under the iron heel of communism. A horrible act of espionage allowed this to happen. The world was sick of war after the unprecedented devastation of World War II. Roosevelt was a dying man during the negotiations. He died two months later. By Roosevelt's side, carrying the bulk of the negotiations for the dying president was a young diplomatic star by the name of Alger Hiss. Five years later, Hiss was convicted of lying about being a spy for the Soviet Union. He went to prison for the next 44 months. At Yalta, the Soviet Union had its man on both sides of the table. No wonder half of Europe was given to the Soviets. By the way, the same Alger Hiss served as Secretary General of the UN Organizing Conference in San Francisco in 1945, shortly after Yalta. No wonder the UN Charter took on the form of a future one world socialist government. And should it surprise us that Antonio Guterres the world's leading socialist is the Secretary General of the United Nations at the time of this video production. And All right, well, we're uncovering some things that perhaps you didn't know. Facebook doesn't like it, so don't forget to share. It's also so great to hear from Irvin Baxter, and there'll be more clips of him on the other side of the break. You wanna watch the whole series, go to endtime.com slash rev. It's endtime.com slash R-E-V. We'll be right back after this break. The symbols and prophecies within the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, 
The Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part 2. The late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online with End Time Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Welcome back to End Time. Vince Stegall here. Today we're talking about Biden's war on U.S. farmers and showing you how it's connected to this world government uh, scheme that has been in play for thousands of years. And it's coming to fruition because we know that according to Bible prophecy, it's going to become prominent just before the second coming of Jesus Christ. And Irvin Baxter prophesied about it, taught a lesson about it several years ago. So we're going through that lesson today on the Antichrist and the world government. Let's get right back into it. Let's go to the second clip now. America cast the deciding vote on November 29, 1947, when the United Nations voted for the creation of the modern state of Israel. Since that time, the U.S. has used its veto power at least 43 times at the United Nations to protect Israel from resolutions that would have been hurtful to Israel. Under the Trump administration, America recognized Jerusalem as Israel's capital and moved the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem in spite of bitter opposition from the U.N. The United States finally and officially recognized Jerusalem as the true capital of Israel. Today, we follow through on this recognition and open our embassy in the historic and sacred land of Jerusalem. The U.S. also recognized Israel's annexation of the Golan Heights. The eagle will continue to protect Israel from the animosity of the end-time world government throughout the time of the Great Tribulation. America's veto power on the U.N. Security Council and the unrivaled military might of the United States enables the U.S. to defy the world community while defending the nation of Israel. Before we leave our discussion of verse 2 of Revelation 13, there's one more vital thing to understand. And his mouth as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Some have mistakenly taught that the dragon here refers to China. However, Revelation 12, 9 clearly explains who the dragon is. 
And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So Revelation 13, 2 clearly states that it is Satan who will give the world government prophesied for the times just ahead, its power, seat, and great authority. From this passage, we clearly understand that the drive for world government is inspired by Satan himself. It is important that we understand why Satan is the driving force behind the formation of the coming world government. Satan's goal has always been that the whole world would worship him. This cannot be accomplished until Satan obtains control over the entire world. Revelation 13 paints a picture of a world government and its leader that will ultimately dominate the world and will demand that all under his control will worship or pledge allegiance to him. When people pledge their allegiance to the emerging world government, they will really be worshiping Satan himself. No wonder the advocates of world government are so radical in their drive towards their new world order. They are unknowingly being motivated by Satan himself. Revelation 13.3 explains another vital piece of the puzzle that we need to understand. And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed and all the world wondered after the beast. Many prophecy students have taught from this scripture that the Antichrist will be killed and that it will raise from the dead. They teach this will result in the world following the Antichrist. But is this what the scripture actually says? We cannot possibly understand this important prophecy unless we carefully notice what the passage actually says. It says that one of the heads of the beast was wounded to death and his deadly wound was healed. The beast had seven heads. One of these heads was wounded to death and then the deadly wound was healed. Remember that the beast of Revelation 13, one through two is a union of the four beasts of Daniel seven. The four beasts of Daniel 7 had a total of seven heads, one head of the lion, one head of the bear, four heads of the leopard, and one of the ten-horned beasts. Now for the important question. Which of the seven heads was wounded to death and then healed? Remember from Daniel 7 that the leopard Germany had four heads. The four heads represented the First Reich, the Second Reich, Hitler's famous Third Reich, and the Fourth Reich, which is presently rising. There is a book written by Edwin Hartrich entitled The Fourth and Richest Reich, How the Germans Conquered the Post-War World. At the end of World War II, the Allies wrestled with a critical question. Germany had plunged the world into war three times within the last 70 years. She had started the Franco-German War of 1870, World War I, and World War II. The Allies concluded there was something within the German soul that caused its people to have a penchant for going to war. 
the conclusion was reached that something dramatic needed to be done to ensure that Germany would never again be able to plunge the world into conflict. It was decided that Germany would be split in half, creating East Germany and West Germany. East Germany would be placed under the Soviet sphere of influence, and West Germany would be controlled by the Western sphere of influence. This would diminish each of the Germanys so that neither sector would have the population base nor the financial power to threaten world peace again. West Germany was officially established in May of 1949, and East Germany was established in October of the same year. Headlines around the world screamed, Germany is dead. She will never rise again. Over the next few years, the Western powers began to rebuild West Germany and to move her toward democracy. During the same time, the Soviet Union installed communism in East Germany as totalitarianism was imposed upon the East Germans, many of them began to flee to the freedom of West Germany. This was especially true among the professional classes. One of the favorite routes to freedom was Germany's former capital of Berlin. When Germany was divided, Berlin was also divided, creating East Berlin and West Berlin. The increasing flight of professionals from East Germany became known as the brain drain. In order to stop the continual hemorrhage of talent from East Germany, the Soviets constructed a 29-mile wall through Berlin that became known as the Berlin Wall. The wall was constructed in August of 1961. The wall became the symbol of the division between communist powers of Eastern Europe and the democratic powers of Western Europe. This ideological divide became known as the Iron Curtain. Throughout the 1960s, the yearning for reunification, especially in Germany, grew. Aunts and uncles, cousins, and even brothers and sisters were separated by the hated Berlin Wall. In his famous magazine article in Life magazine, March 29, 1968, three and one half superpowers, George W. Ball described the division of Germany as a rusty knife wound that must someday be healed. When I saw Ball's reference to the German division as a rusty knife wound, I immediately thought of the Bible's reference to the head that would be wounded to death. On the 25th anniversary of the building of the Berlin Wall, USA Today carried an article entitled, Berlin Wall, West Somber East is Festive. The article stated the Berlin Wall's 25th anniversary Wednesday spotlighted its unique role as the stark symbol of East-West differences, the bricks and mortar of propaganda, the 29-mile wound that won't heal. Once again, a major news source referred to the Berlin Wall as the wound that won't heal. The Berlin Wall finally came down on November the 9th of 1989. Reporting on this momentous event, Time Magazine's article was entitled, Wall of Shame, 1961 through 1989. 
The article stated it was the most palpable evidence of a deep wound in European civilization, and it is finally gone. To review, Life magazine referred to the Berlin Wall as the rusty knife wound that must be healed. USA Today called the Berlin Wall the 29-mile wound that won't heal. Finally, Time magazine called the Berlin Wall a deep wound in European civilization. The fall of the Berlin Wall was the healing of the deadly wound. The last part of verse 3 states that the healing of the deadly wound will cause the whole world to wonder after the beasts, speaking of the Antichrist and his world government. Within 20 days of the fall of the Berlin Wall, President George Herbert Walker Bush, Mikhail Gorbachev, and Pope John Paul II met together at Malta in the Mediterranean Sea. They came out of those meetings announcing the birth of the new world order. President Bush said, We have before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order, a world where the rule of law, not the law of the jungle, governs the conduct of nations. When we are successful, and we will be, we have a real chance at this new world order, an order in which a credible United Nations can use its peacekeeping role to fulfill the promise and vision of the UN's founders. Very shortly after this time, we begin to hear about globalization. We were told that we must think globally. Terms like the world community, the international community, and global governance entered the vocabulary of people everywhere. World government organizations began to gain prominence. Some of them were the World Bank, the International Monetary Fund, the World Health Organization, the World Trade Organization, the International Criminal Court, and many others. On July 20th, 1992, Time Magazine featured an article titled, The Birth of the Global Nation by Strobe Talbot. In his article, Talbot said that in the 21st century, national sovereignty would cease to exist, that we would all answer to a single global authority. Talbot went on to serve as Deputy Secretary of State for seven years under President Bill Clinton. Anybody miss Irvin like I do? Boy, if you do, comment Irvin. It's not Irvine or Irwin, it's Irvin, I-R-V-I-N. Comment that in the comment section now. Show your love for Irvin. Of course, we miss him. He's been passed away for several years now, but there's nothing like his teaching. Uh, we're going to get into more of that on the other side of the break. You can watch the whole series at endtime.com slash rev. That's endtime.com slash R-E-V. We'll be right back. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
We survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Welcome back to the End Time Show. Vince Stegall here. We sure miss Dave and Doug and their wives and the whole End Time team that's on the Israel tour. Keep them in your prayers. Everything's going very, very well. They have had no security problems and they are living it up there in Israel with our crew. So we're so happy for them that they're able to go on that trip and uh, just keep them in your prayers as they navigate all the different things that, that it takes to have two busloads of people and a foreign country with some of them being their first time traveling outside of the United States. Today we're talking about all the development of world government that is happening here just in the last few days and then we're looking at a lesson that Irvin Baxter taught called the Antichrist and the world government which is available on End Time Plus in the Revelation series. It's available on demand 24-7. You can go to endtime.com rev to watch the entire series, 21 episodes, but let's check out the rest of the clips that we'll be viewing for today now. Walter Cronkite was known as America's newsman for many years. After his retirement, he was given the 1999 Norman Cousins Global Governance Award by the World Federalist Association for his work toward the formation of a world government. Of course, we Americans are going to have to yield up some of our sovereignty. That's going to be, to many, a bitter pill. It would take a lot of courage, a lot of faith, a lot of persuasion to them to come along with us on this necessity. Today we must develop federal structures on a global level to deal with world problems. We need a system of enforceable world law, a democratic federal world government. William Benton, Assistant Secretary of State in 1946 said this, as long as a child breathes the poisoned air of nationalism, education in world-mindedness can produce only precarious results. As we have pointed out, it is frequently the family that infects the child with extreme nationalism. The schools should, therefore, combat family attitudes that favor nationalism we shall see presently recognized in nationalism the major obstacle to the development of world-mindedness. We are at the beginning of a long process of breaking down the walls of national sovereignty. UNESCO must be the pioneer. This statement was made before the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization briefly known as UNESCO. Baker James Paul Warburg said this, we will have a world government whether you like it or not. The only question is whether that government will be achieved by conquest or consent. This was stated February the 17th, 1950 before the U.S. Senate Committee on Foreign Relations. James Paul Warburg's father 
Paul Warburg was responsible for the creation of the Federal Reserve Bank in 1913. He was a trustee until his death of the Brookings Institute, which was founded in 1916. He became a director of the Council on Foreign Relations at its founding in 1921. These three organizations have all used their power to promote the integration of America into the forming system of global governance. Richard Gardner, former Deputy Assistant Secretary of State, said, we are likely to do better by building our house of world order from bottom up rather than from top down, an end run around national sovereignty, eroding it piece by piece, is likely to get us to world order faster than the old fashioned frontal assault. This is from Foreign Affairs Magazine, April of 1974. Mr. David Rockefeller said this, we are on the verge of a global transformation. All we need is the right major crisis and the nations will accept the new world order. This statement was made to the United Nations Business Council in 1994. Mikhail Gorbachev in 1987 said, we are moving toward a new world, the world of communism. We shall never turn off that road. That was from the Chicago Tribune. June 15 of 1989. Then this article, a taste of the ideas doing the rounds in Obama circles is offered by a recent report from the Managing Global Insecurity Project, whose small US advisory group includes John Podesta, the man leading Mr. Obama's transition team, and Strobe Talbot, the president of the Brookings Institute, from which Miss Susan Rice has just emerged. How long will the Antichrist rule? Revelation 13, five through six, describes the Antichrist, the dictator that will rule over the entire world government. And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue 40 and two months. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. The only good thing about the Antichrist is that his reign of terror will be for a relatively short time. Verse five states that he will be given power to continue for 42 months. This same time frame for the reign of the Antichrist is given in Daniel 7:25, where it states that the Antichrist will make war against the saints for time and times and dividing of time, which is another terminology for three and one half years. Verse five tells us that the Antichrist will be given a mouth speaking great things. Apparently this last day dictator will be a terrific orator. He will speak against God, his name, and his tabernacle. The apostle Paul describes the Antichrist, also referred to as the man of sin and the son of perdition, in the same way, 2 Thessalonians 2 verse 4 says, the Antichrist will exalt himself above all that is called God or that is worshiped, and that he will sit in the temple of God claiming to be God. 
Let's talk for a moment about the great tribulation. Revelation 13, 7. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. This passage tells us that the Antichrist and his world government will be allowed to make war against God's people for three and one half years. It's interesting that most prophecy commentaries say that the Great Tribulation will last for seven years. Yet there is not one scripture in the entire Bible that teaches a seven-year tribulation. Every scripture that describes the length of the Great Tribulation says that it will be 42 months, time, times, and a half a time, or 1,260 days. You can verify this in Daniel 7.25, Daniel 12.7, Revelation 13.5, Revelation 12.6, Revelation 12.14, and Revelation 11.3. There is a seven-year period called Daniel's 70th week, referred to in Daniel 9.27. However, it states that the abomination of desolation will occur in the middle of the 70th week, or the seven-year period. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 15 through 21, that the abomination of desolation, which occurs halfway through the seven years, would trigger the Great Tribulation. We know from this that the Great Tribulation will take place during the final three and one half years of Daniel's 70th week. So will the Antichrist rule every nation? Verse 7 states that the Antichrist will be given power over all kindreds, nations, and tongues. Yet other passages name a few nations that will not fall under the reign of the Antichrist. Daniel 11:41 states, He shall enter also into the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown. But these shall escape out of his hand, even Edom and Moab, and the chief of the children of Ammon. Edom is Petra in southern Jordan. The Moab Mountains are in central Jordan. And Ammon is the capital of Jordan. The scripture states specifically that the country of Jordan will escape out of the hand of the Antichrist. Revelation 12, 14 states that Israel will be protected from the Antichrist during the entire time of the Great Tribulation. Zechariah 14.2 tells us that the Antichrist and his world government will only invade Israel at the time of the Battle of Armageddon, which occurs at the end of the tribulation. Revelation 12.14 teaches that the eagle, the United States, will protect Israel from the Antichrist during the three and one half years of the Great Tribulation. This means that the U.S. will be in opposition to the Antichrist and his world government all the way through the Great Tribulation. How do we reconcile these facts with Revelation 13, 7, which states that the Antichrist will rule all people, nations, and tongues? There is one possible explanation. The statement must imply that the Antichrist and his world government will dominate all the world, yet there will be a few nations that will not submit to the world government system. So will anyone escape the rule of the Antichrist? Revelation 13:8 tells us. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, 
whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. This passage states that all people on earth will worship, pledge allegiance to the Antichrist and his world government except for one group of people. The only group of people that will not worship the Antichrist will be those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. The Lamb is Jesus Christ. And the only way to have our names written in the Lamb's book of life is to be born again. Jesus said in John 3, 3 through 5, that except a person is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. During the reign of the Antichrist, most people will submit themselves unto his rulership. However, there will be a minority that will hold faithful to the truth during this time, even if it costs them their lives. Make sure you go to endtime.com slash rev. That's endtime.com slash R-E-V to watch the whole Revelation, the Unveiling of Jesus Christ series. There's two volumes there for you to choose from with 21 episodes. So be sure to do that again, endtime.com slash rev. And just to give Irvin a little bit more love, Judy comes by and watches these every once in a while. So make sure you comment uh, the word Irvin again. Make sure you do that and share this video. It doesn't matter that we're at the end. When you click share, it'll sit on your timeline for forever, I guess. And so when your friends log in tonight or here in about an hour or so, they're gonna see this video and be able to watch it and become more informed about the world government that's developing, not only around the world, but even in our country, and also a way out there as well, and what the Bible had to say about it. So be sure to share this video one more time. And last but not least, don't forget to pre-order Understanding the End Time, our brand new series, 14 episodes. When you pre-order it today at endtime.com slash ABC, we're gonna go throw in over $350 in bonus items, so be sure to do that. By the way, the book is available there at endtime.com slash ABC for a donation of any amount. If the Lord tells you to give $10, it'll get to you with that. If he tells you to give 50, the same will happen. So ask the Lord what you should give for Understanding the End Time book. And we will be right back here on Monday at 3 p.m. Central Time with a special episode as Dave broadcasts from Israel in our Jerusalem Prophecy College campus. So don't miss Monday at 3 p.m. Central Time. We'll be right back and go to endtime.com in the meantime and check out the thousands of hours of content that's available for you there for totally free. Have a good weekend.